everyone. So I have a question for you. Have you ever said something that you deeply regret? Something that the minute it comes out of your mouth, you want to grab it in midair and take it back before it hits the receiver's ears? Or maybe, maybe you said something big, words that turned out to be like the straw that broke the camel's back, words that can't be undone, and maybe they cost you a relationship or even a job. I think that we've all been there. We've all said words that can't be undone. Maybe they're not words that unravel a relationship or a job, but nonetheless, we've probably said words that we regret. So this is Strong Mind, Strong Body, and I'm your host, Angie Miller. And even if you're not an impulsive person, I bet that you've said, saying, said things somewhere along the way that you wish you hadn't. You may have been upset. You might have been in a hurry. Or maybe you just didn't realize until it was too late that your words came out a little bit stronger than you had meant for them to come out. So whether it's a rare occurrence for you or it's like an everyday thing, I'm devoting this episode to why we say things we regret and how we can stop. But really, it's not so much about why you say what you say, and it's more about how do we stop it, because that's really what counts. That's where the money is, right? So my hope is that you'll walk away with tips to tame your tongue so that you and me can tackle that impulse to speak before we think. So as I was preparing for this episode, I thought to myself, okay, Angie, let's get real. Let's think about some of the things that you've said that you regret. And I had way too many. <laughs> so I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to one of my earliest first memories that taught me about speaking before I think. So I was in middle school and for a very short period of time, I was allowed to take private flute lessons. And this was a big, big deal because I was the youngest of five girls in a single parent household. And let me just tell you that private lessons or lessons of any sort in sports or any other activity simply were not in the financial game plan. Okay. And that's, that's putting it mildly, but I was actually a really talented flautist. I can say that that now that I have not picked up my flute in a couple of decades and I have a softer lens to look back on. So I got a paper route to pay for my lessons. That was me back when you carried the big bag, the big canvas bag, and you carried a gazillion papers and they probably weighed more than me. So it was more like I drug the canvas bag on the sidewalk. So I went to these private lessons and I went to Mrs. Bonebreak. Can't make that name up. Some of my band teacher recommended, and I was young and I was naive, and I probably put my foot in my mouth more times than I can count. And my mom had been kind of complaining to me that Mrs. Bonebreak tended to run her lessons long. And she was, if there was a one o'clock lesson and my lesson was that too, we often wouldn't get started till 2.15. And then my mom wouldn't be able to pick me up till 3.15. Well, my mom was a very punctual person and she would get very frustrated because she worked super long hours and she would kind of work her schedule around my lessons. So 
fast forward, we're at my recital and I just nailed this solo that I had been working on. I still remember the solo vividly. I even remember what I was wearing that day. And these parents and teachers are coming up to praise me. And I'm not really used to this. I'm not used to being in the spotlight. Again, I, I never really did any sports or competitive activities. I'm very nervous which translates in my world as I'm very likely to say something really stupid. And of course I do in front of a group of adults. So Mrs. Bonebreak, she teases me about something. She was just an adult being funny and coy. I don't even know what she teased me about. I blocked the memory. But being the youngest, I was always teased. So I was probably a little hypersensitive to that. So I pipe back thinking that I'm being funny and I pipe back and I say something to the effect of, well, at least I know how to get somewhere on time. Mrs. Bonebreak, you're always running late. Ouch. I guess I thought I was being funny. I was trying to like match the humor. It didn't go over so well. I'm this tiny little person and I've just disrespected an adult. So everyone goes silent. All the adults are stunned. My mom looks like she wants to crawl in a hole and I I want to cry, literally cry. So it took away from the praise that took away from the feel good moment. I've always been this people pleaser. And that's the last thing that I wanted to do. Um, and at the time, I didn't really have the words for it. But I realized later that, you know what, I need to step back. And if I really think something about someone, I need to really think about it and present it to them in private. And they need to do so in a respectful way. And I think that that might be one of the core issues with a lot of us when we're anxious or we're nervous or at the center of attention or we're like me and I don't know how to take compliments very well. We're probably more likely to say something we regret. Another time that I can remember just happened last week. I was speaking at a mental health conference and I'm giving a workshop on the impact of movement on mental health. And I had a slip of the tongue, a Freudian slip, if you will. So I'm going on to say that during the pandemic, many people became depressed and anxious. And instead of saying depressed, I say divorced. Well, Three of my colleagues who just got a divorce were in the room and we had just had a conversation about it before I went into my presentation. Well, they exploded in laughter, thank goodness, and everyone giggled a little bit, but, and, and that was a good thing. But the thing is, it was on my mind and it was a Freudian slip. And it's not bad to say that people got divorced during the pandemic, but I probably would have nuanced it a little bit different. So I think that when we're trying so hard to say the right thing, we might be so nervous and so kind of hypervigilant that we actually say the wrong thing. Kind of like on my podcast, when I'm monologuing, I'm always like, oh, please don't say the thing that could be misinterpreted and could explode. The pressure is real, people. So I think that when I went to reflect on this episode and I thought about all the ridiculous things that I have said, as much as I'm a people pleaser and as much as I try not to say things that offend people, I know I've done it many times. So I'm thinking you probably have to. So I think the first thing, anytime that we say something and we go, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just came out of my mouth. The first thing is we have to recognize our behavior. 
right? Our words or our actions that cost another person harm. Emotional intelligence is everyone's friend. We all need self-awareness strength training. We need this personal insight about how our emotions or our words impacted someone else. And I would say to you that if you don't pick up on other people's body language or the information that other people send intuitively, that you hone in on your emotional intelligence skills, hone in on your communication skills so that you learn to watch for people's facial expressions or their body language or their verbal responses that give you information. So if you're talking in a group and everybody goes silent, that's a clue. Or if you're talking in a group and all of a sudden, one by one, people make excuses to walk away from the group, that's probably a clue. Probably a clue that you said something you maybe shouldn't have. So you know what? That's probably a sign that you can hone in on your emotional intelligence skills. So first and foremost, I think we have to start to recognize how what we say impacts other people. I also think that it depends on like, I have a lot of friends who are like, well, I grew up on the East Coast. I'm very outspoken. Or maybe they grew up, you know, in the South where I live now. And they're like, oh, we never, you know, we never speak what we really think. So we have these differences in, in how we grew up and how we communicate. But I think that it helps to recognize that not everyone communicates the way that we do. And sometimes we can be taken offensively, even if that's the way we communicate with our family. So that was one of the hardest things I had to get used to with my husband and I. He's an only child. The way that his he and his mom and dad communicate are so different from the way my sisters and I communicate. So my second tip would be that we correct our behavior. And you know what? Apologies are free. So if my words cause someone pain or discomfort or harm, it's time for me to make amends. Correcting my behavior and making amends and doing it in the form of an authentic apology is free. I don't lose anything. I'm not giving away part of my paycheck just to tell someone I'm sorry. It just means that I kind of have to put my ego on a shelf and just acknowledge that maybe I didn't mean to, but I caused that person harm in some way. Maybe inside you might think to yourself, well, I think they're just too sensitive or that's not what I meant to say. And I guess my response is, so what? Apologize anyway. And without a qualifier, because there's a big difference. So I was going to do an entire episode on how to apologize. And I'd really like to do that in the future. So tell me if that's something that interests you. Because a qualifier would be something like, I'm sorry you took that the wrong way versus I'm sorry I said that. Or I'm sorry I offended you, which is kind of a way of blaming the victim or the person that I offended versus I'm sorry I said blank. I don't have an excuse and it won't happen again. That's an apology without a qualifier. And another thing is try to avoid blaming somebody when you said something. A lot of times people are like, oh, I'm sorry I said that. I just had a bad morning or I hit really bad traffic or I'm hangry. You know what? We don't need excuses. We just need authentic apologies. Like with Mrs. Bonebreak, I could have been like, my mom's been complaining and I'm afraid she's going to make me stop taking lessons. 
but I really didn't want to throw my mom under the bus. So I learned at an early age and I just went to Mrs. Bone Break and I was like, I'm really sorry I said that. It came out so disrespectful. So again, I'm Angie Miller and this is a whole episode about I can't believe I just said that. And because I've been in this situation so many times, I really want to talk to you about, hey, what can we do when something comes out of our mouth that we wish we couldn't say? I think there's this like new, um, new thing on our phones that if we send a text and we didn't mean to, we can pull it back. But unfortunately, we can't do that with words. So my next tip is that we just think before we speak and we don't speak before we think. So Victor Frankl in Man's Search for Meaning, which is such a truly amazing book. I mean, if you haven't read it, I would really encourage you to. He says that we have the freedom to choose how we respond to situations. We always have a choice. If someone says something that upsets us, and this is often when we say things we regret, we have a choice. I mean, I learned that with Mrs. Bonebreak early on. She teased me. I didn't like it. I was used to my sisters teasing me. I thought I was going to be funny back, but really my teasing turned out to be harmful. And in truth, let's face it, most teasing is kind of harmful because most teasing is kind of has this underlying tone of hostility. So, you know, my thing is we have a choice. We can leave it with the person who first said something ugly that makes us want to say something ugly back or we can get in the mud with them. But that's a choice. If we get in the mud with them, we're pretty much stooping to their level. Because I always say, and you might disagree with me, and we can agree to disagree on this one, but I always say that the first person doesn't start a fight. It's not a fight until the second person engages. The first person puts it on the table. It's not a fight until the second person picks it up and says, let's go right? So your power is if you leave it with them. And then they're just the one being rude. And anyone who heard them is like, ouch. So but you know, if you pick it up, then you kind of get in the ring, and you're just stooping to their level. So for me, I do better. If I just walk away, I leave it with them. I think about it. And then I decide, is this something that I think is worth picking up? And I can address it with them later. So if you're in a situation where you're nervous and you're watching your words, remember the power of a pause. And guess what? A pause is my next suggestion for you. Pause, take a breath, because remember, your brain fires so fast. I always say that my brain is like a bunch of ping pong balls and they're fighting for space in my head. And when I am anxious, those ping pong balls are like, I'm firing on all cylinders. So if I pause, it gives me a moment to put some cotton between the ping pong balls and to think about what I'm going to say before I say it. That pause, that breath gives me clarity. It gives me space. It helps me ground and calms me down so that I don't verbally vomit something that I'm going to regret. So that breath also kind of lowers my blood pressure and, you know, lets my heart rate stabilize a little bit so that I feel like I have positive control. And that leads me to my very last tip. I think that when we pause, what we really get to do is consider risk versus reward. So your option to speak or stay silent is really your ability to analyze 
risk versus reward. Do I go all in and throw a punch or throw a punch back? Or do I table my tongue and think about it and come back later? So go back to what I said about engaging. Let's say that you were just told that you didn't get a promotion. You, your coworker did, and you're thinking that really ticks me off and I want them to know how mad I am right now, <laughs> right now. <laughs> That's where we're like, mm, are you sure right now? Are you sure that when you're really, really fired up and feisty, that right now is the best time? So even if you're right or you think you're right, what are the chances that you spouting off and going, you know what, blah, blah, blah. What are the chances of your superior stepping back and going, you know what, you're right. You would have been a better person for that promotion or that raise or that bonus Probably not. Instead, it's probably going to tarnish your reputation and it's going to spotlight you as a hothead. But if you step back and you just reflect and you and even if you're right and you don't see it the way they see it, then maybe you can move on and find a different job. Or I forgot. I have one more. I told you that was my last one. Kidding. I have one more for you. Maybe you can step back and realize that last but not least, words matter. So let's say that you do decide, you know what? I've sat on this. I've thought about this for a couple of days. I really do believe I'm the best person for that promotion. And even if I can't change their minds right now, I want them to know that next time it comes open, I want them to know why I think I'm ready. So maybe it's gnawing at you and you really just like, you're not going to sleep until you say something. Or maybe there's a bully at work and they're always saying things that upset you and you're tired of walking away and letting them be a bully. Or maybe you've been suppressing your emotions and your relationship. Whatever the case, if you decide it's time to use my words, let's agree that we're going to use our words wisely. So my suggestion is that you write about it. You go home, you process it on paper, and you practice what you're going to say with your therapist, your mentor, your coach, your friend, your partner. What are you going to say and how are you going to say it? And once you're ready and you know you're ready, then you go in and you say it and you mean what you say and you say what you mean. But instead of punching somebody in the gut with your words in the moment, just imagine spending a night or a week practicing and prepping and putting yourself in a situation where your words are polished and they're more likely to be heard and you're more likely to be seen in a professional light. Or at least your words are compassionate if you're talking to your partner. So you might want to say something like, I understand why you think blank is deserving of that promotion. After all, she's a hard worker. She turns all her projects in on time. On the other hand, I believe that I have more relevant skills and experience and I bring XXX to the table. I brought in X amount of clients this year. I generated X amount in revenue. So if I don't get this promotion or this bonus, I hope you'll consider me for the next. It's the opposite of speaking on the spot. So when we reflect and we practice and we nuance what we're going to say and how we're going to say it, we're able to be more professional and to advocate for ourselves 
in a, in a professional, compassionate way. So you know what, even if it's not something that someone said to you, if it's a situation where it's just a Freudian slip or something came out of your mouth, you wish it hadn't remember the power of a pause and remember the power of an authentic apology. So again, I'm Angie Miller. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. And I'm going to give you a quick recap. If you say something that you think, oh, I can't believe I just said that. Number one, recognize your behavior. Number two, correct your behavior because apologies are free. They don't cost you anything. Number three, think before you speak instead of speaking before you think. And number four, pause. Number five, consider your risk versus your reward. And last but not least, recognize that words matter. We might be able to undo a text. We might be able to redact an email, but we can't unsay the things that come out of our mouth. So again, I'm Angie Miller. Thanks so much to all of you for joining me here on Strong Mind, Strong Body. Do let me know if there's something you want to talk about or you want me to talk to you with you about. I appreciate you tuning in. Keep doing what you love and loving what you do. And I'll see you next time. 